The police chief, the Mexican cartel, the pizza guy, and Mars Investigations are all in a race to find the murderer of the bomber of the Sea Sprite Hotel. Let's see who wins the race. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz We've got a murderer, which is also a bomber, because they do the same thing. They kill people. And that's what we're talking about tonight. Hi, guys, and welcome to the show. We're talking about episode two, which is Chino and the Man. Beside me, I've got my wonderful Marshmallow, which is the original fan of Mars um, Investigations, Veronica Mars. I have Shay Jones. Hello. Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm Kelsey Hightower, and I am excited to talk tonight about episode two. We are going to be talking about the investigation. We'll be talking about more Logan and Veronica. Plus, we've got a new baby Veronica. That is Maddie, and we're going to be talking about her. Plus, we have our special segment, which is Breaking the Glass Ceiling, and we've got news and predictions coming up at the end of the show, so be sure to stay, stick around till the end. Right now, let's go ahead and jump into this investigation that we've got of finding the bomber of the Sea Sprite Motel. Now, we have a lot of players trying to solve this case. It is the biggest crime of the season that we've seen so far, and we have met the new police chief um, who's running the police department a little bit more uh, you know, wisely, I would say. She's a little bit more competent than our last police chief. Plus, we've got the Mexican cartel. Um, and then we also have a pizza guy who's kind of throwing things for a loop, played by Patton Oswald. Um, we saw first that the Mexican cartel is heading up to America, to Neptune, um, because the leader of the Mexican cartel, his brother, or his nephew, excuse me, the brother of a congressman, um, was killed in this bombing. So the Mexican cartel is going to, his fiance, that is, is going to find out what happened, and they want to see who did this and wants the head of that person sent back to the leader. What do you think about this new group that has been introduced to this episode? I think it's a nice twist. Because Gabriel was just a, such a sweet person, and he was obviously really smart because he was on the robotics team and all these other things. And to know that, you know, his aunt cares enough to actually get her ex-husband involved just shows how truly, you know, the, the family is feeling pain. To have him send two people all the way up to Neptune, California, just to cut off a head and bring it to him. What I'm worried about is they're going to cut off the wrong heads. Well, as we see, they do. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so I'm not sure how invested the two guys are um, that are finding out who killed it. I think they want to quickly solve this case, kill somebody, send the head back up, and then be done with this job and back home. Um, I don't think that they're really looking for maybe the actual... They're not invested as much as you know, other people are, I would say. I mean, I think they're, they're as invested as they can be when they're not personally involved. Right. I feel going to Gabriel's friend and just beating the hell out of one of them to get the answers they want, while extreme is effective when you're dealing with four different quote-unquote nerds 
who has no defense for themselves in this situation. Right. Well, and they're just doing a job. These two guys, that's why they're not invested. This is their job. So they're just trying to get it done, move on. The nerds are an easy first step, first target. And they're easily frightened. So they can just beat them up and get some answers and move on so yeah but not the right answers (laughs) not the right answers but if i was in their situation i would give them a name and be like it's not me just go find somebody else i know but even the friend was like wtf dude like you don't know what these guys are capable of and what they could do if they do find king pogurski i mean obviously we see what happens to pogurski but I mean, that's I mean, that's then that's going to be your conscience of you kind of led a lamb to slaughter, right? Well, and also when they find out that that's not the right person, the guys might come back to the nerds and you know punish them for giving them wrong answers, you know, like beat them up or something. Maybe I feel like I've seen that in a lot of TV shows and a lot of movies. It's like, oh, you gave us misinformation while I'm going to take care of you as well. I'm going to beat you up, kind of rough you around, that sort of bit. Rough you around. Rough you around, buckaroo. So I feel like that could be coming up in a later episode. Maybe I would be scared of them. So we've got that happening. That's going on, Chino and the man. Then we um, we have the police investigation. They are kind of talking to the same people that Keith and Veronica are talking to. Um, I mean, Keith and Veronica talked to the nerd group right before the Mexican cartel came. So they're kind of getting, they're all in the same, taking the same first steps. So it'll be nice to see maybe after this episode, everybody's branching off to, you know, different leads or different people. We also met the pizza guy. I'd like to talk about the pizza guy for a little bit. He is played by Patton Oswalt, and he's a great comedic um, actor, and he does a great job in this season, too, in this episode, um, the last one in this one, just being the guy that's really in the wrong place at the wrong time, just an amateur um, investigator, I would call him. He's a murderhead. He's a murderhead. And a murderhead is a person, unlike community, dedicated to solving unsolved crimes. And I, I do I do love Patton Oswalt as, a, as an actor. I think he's fantastic as a amateur sleuth character. However, there are so many questions now I have for him. First of all, sir, you're living in like a back basement. I mean, you, you rented out your house, so... It, I don't know what kind of how much money you make that you make fifty k in the month of spring break. I really need to understand what you're charging. Right. Well, I guess if it's a big party house, maybe so. I mean, maybe I'm going to start jumping on Airbnb after this. You know, if he's making that much money. But then why are you a pizza guy? That's what that's also confuses me. That fifty k could last you for the year if you if you if you could if you really could do that. That fifty k would last you for the entire year where you don't actually have to do be a pizza delivery guy. Maybe not in Neptune, though. Maybe not where he wants to be in Neptune. Or maybe he's a pizza guy because he wants to... He's a murder head, so he wants to be able to get to know everybody, and maybe that's a sneaky way to do it. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm a pizza guy, 
I'm going to everybody's house, especially all the spring breakers, and you're getting to know a lot of people, and you're just kind of like a fly in the wall sometimes, you know? You know where people live. You can just mosey around. Maybe he's under... No, he's doing this for real. I was going to say maybe he's under disguise, but he's really a pizza guy, so I don't know. Maybe that. That's what I would think. I mean, there's just so many things where his character is concerned because he did tweet basically shaming Keith for his job as a sheriff, calling him like a scoundrel and a clown. And for someone who does not have training in being a police officer or being a private investigator, you that's a lot of nerve and in a way very troll-like in a sense because you're trying to now become established in what you think is whatever information you truly have. Granted, the interview that you did on USNN was from second information that you just heard because you were in the room. So, yeah, you know that Tani got paid off by... They tried to pay them off. Uh, the Muslim tried to pay her off. And, yeah, you know the makeup bag got to her because she forgot it. And they were moving out. So, I mean, things do line up a little bit, but everything uh, is a little outlandish for my, you know, my personal, like... Right. I I can understand that and respect that. I do like that it's a pretty cool representation of another group of, you know, people that are out there today, like trolls, like you said, on Twitter or whatever, you know, trying to do, trying to be something maybe you're not qualified to be. And I just think that's funny as a character. So I kind of like him being around and causing a little bit of trouble. I, I do like him as a person, too. So Yeah, but the trouble he's causing could get him killed. Well, he is just a pizza guy, and we did just meet him. So if someone's got to go, this is the it, world if it's... It's an acceptable loss. If it's the pizza guy. Honestly, I thought that he was going to be one of the people who died in the in the bombing. But I, So I'm a little shocked that he's stayed around this long. But I think it's... it's we'll see where it goes. I think it's going to be interesting, and it's going to cause some trouble along the way. Um, then we see uh, they go to the coroner's office, or the morgue. the morgue, I guess you can say. You know, it's always a fun thing to talk about. But we see the police uh, chief going up there. We also saw Keith and Veronica going up there. We That's where we see the Maloof family saying goodbye to, um, oh, you know, his... Alex saying goodbye. Alex, yeah, nobody else liked her. So well, I thought it was funny because nobody else knew her but Alex, and they, there was a, this is the first that was the reason for the whole visit was for them to meet her, and then you you have the you know you have her family show up too. The mama played by Miss Carly Rothenberg. She's my teacher in college, and I was so happy to see this really? moment. Really? Yeah, she's my acting teacher in college. So watching her do this and having her on one of my favorite shows was just everything. Well, give her a little shout out. Say hi. Hey, Carly, you're awesome. Love you. Um, but also, then you see the fight and the definitely obviously the differences between the two families of more redneckery hillbilliness. And more of the calm, wealthy status the Malu family seems to, you know, have. And then them just arguing about a ring. Like, somebody's dead. And, all, like, you, you don't, I don't think you really care so much about that, that your daughter's dead. And you have to plan a funeral so much as you want the ring that she was given by Alex. Yes. And that is terrible. And we see that both families are just looking for the ring. They're not mourning. Only Alex is, like you're saying. Um, that she actually died. But it does bring up the question, where is the ring if it wasn't with any of her stuff? Like, how did that, 
get lost along the way. You know, was she wearing it at the time? You know, when they were checking out at the hotel, I would think that she would have it on because she was with Alex. So between that time, where did the ring go? Or who has the ring and isn't saying anything? Is it, you know? My theory is the mom. I legit think she would be the type of person that would have snatched it up before, you know, the family got there. And because she is the congressman's mom, like, she can definitely get into places a little bit. I feel like, seriously, that's my thought. Mm-hmm. She snatched it up and just not, it's not saying anything. Right. It just depends on who has access. Like, if she had access or didn't, I think there might be, we'll find out a little bit later on down the road, like, who would have had access to her or could have got gotten into that, I guess, is where the ring would have gone. But it is interesting that it's gone and nobody could knows have where just, it's at. When, it, when the bomb happened, it could have somehow obviously came off her hand and flew in a direction we don't know about. That's true. It could be buried in all the rubble. Rebel. Rubbish. Rubbish. We'll call it that. Oh, rubbish. So it could be gone forever or buried. So someone can get out there with a little metal detector and find it. Who knows? But it must have been worth a lot of money. It was a family heirloom. It's been around in their family for a very long time and cost a lot of money. So they want it back. And if it comes back, it's going to be a whole argument as to who gets to keep it. So that's where we're going with that. Now we see... um, Logan is going to become not only a almost fiance, but he's going to become a co-worker to Veronica Mars in a type because he is now a bodyguard to the Malouf family. Yes. That is what do you what are your initial thoughts on him being involved in this crime? Okay, so before, this is my thought, you're a congressman. You're supposed to have your own security detail, regardless of where you go. So that, I think that was also the only thing that tripped me up so much about the episode was that, dude, you're a congressman. Where is your security? That is the one thing any sen- anybody in Senate, Congress has. They always have their own security, either Secret Service or whatever. They have it on them. Very true. So Good point. I'm very curious as to where his security went, especially when the... Tawny's brother showed up at the hotel and just proceeded to try to destroy the place to find a ring. And I'm still, I think about, I feel I'm really just upset about that one. Your sister died. Why do you care about a ring? But I digress because, yeah. I'm really very interested into, I love that scene. First of all, anytime Logan fights, it is hot. That is true. I will second that. Let's be real clear. There's, he becomes even sexier as he fights, and that's also one of the things that I think always attracted Veronica, even though she never really said it. It was that that fire, that a little bit of that violence in him, because he fights passionately. And yes, you, he does. And you're he just is into like the Hulk. He is. He is very Bruce Banner and the Hulk. He is. He can be very calm and. Like he said, like the thing with his therapist, he has so much anger in him that he doesn't want it to destroy him at the same time. So I feel like him actually also joining the Navy and being able to fight in different bouts enough time is the way he releases it. That's true. He's so, Yeah, because we have talked about this in the last episode, that he has this new, very calm stance to it. Like, um, like he goes to therapy, and it seems like he does meditation. Like, he's a new person. He's a little bit changed. But when he fights, it's just like that calm, fierce, like, 
take you out, but it just does it so gracefully. I don't know how to explain it in words. We've all seen it. We've all rewound it. So it's, it's just it is, powerful. It, but then there, that brings the question he asked Veronica that she really couldn't answer is, you say you want Bruce Banner, but what you really want is the Hulk. Let's talk about that. Their relationship has developed in this episode. Um, he was very powerful, like we talked about, in both fighting. But now their relationship, they finally confronted, Veronica's confronted him about how he's acting um, towards her rejecting him um, as far as getting married, her saying no. So he hasn't been phased it seems like at all by this and she is more upset about that she kind of thinks that he wanted to have the upper hand like oh i asked and you said no so you know i did my best let's just move on she kind of she put it as it was like you asked for a back massage and i said no that was the kind of attitude that he has and now he is just kind of brushing it off and moving on and so do you think that, you know, she's right in that sense? Do you think that he's taking, he's too calm about this? Or do you think that that's just Logan and he was, you know, sincere and meaningful when he was asking? Yeah, I think the proposal was him being sincere. I felt like her saying that she felt he was unfazed. I feel like this, that was just his way of just trying to keep it like keep it calm because you said no like and I'm as angry as I am by that I do love you and I want to be with you and for I think for Logan that's more important than his hurt or bruised ego which is something we haven't seen from Logan from the first three seasons so we actually also that also shows how grown we keep saying he's become 10 years later and how he's evolved as a person Mm -hmm. it's more of just him being I love you Okay, I I can I can understand the baggage that you're dealing with, and though I, I'm I've mostly talked through mine with my therapist, I've mostly worked through my own stuff. You haven't, and I'm just gonna just I'm still gonna be here for you. And that might seem like a weird concept because you're so used to people leaving you, or you're used to the one leaving me, and me rejecting you, you expecting to just blow up or leave or walk out, and I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So now you don't know what to do, and that scares you. Right. Well, and he also got mad. Yeah, that he did. That was a good reaction, I think. And him coming out and talking about that to Veronica is good that he said that. But I think he started to get mad. The first time we saw him actually get mad at her or upset was when he like punched something and she was like, there's the Logan I knew, like that was like super hot. Like when they were in the in the kitchen together, that was, that was, just, that was really awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was, but then and it and it was, and then the next morning she was like, you know, super happy about everything. Like that was like back to normal, I guess I would say. But from Logan's perspective, he was upset that she was turned on by that. I guess because that's not who he wants to be anymore, and her being turned on by that isn't helping him to be mature you know yeah so there is that struggle i think of him trying to grow and him trying to get rid of bad habits because he can be dangerous i mean look at his father like he has anger issues and if logan didn't wasn't smart enough and mature enough to get that under control at an early age then he could have some serious anger issues i mean that could be dangerous he still has i think that's the thing with logan logan knows he still has anger issues 
And I think that's the difference, obviously, between uh, Aaron, his dad, and who Logan is now. He knows he has anger issues, but he's definitely figured out a way to cope better at them. Which, I mean, anybody who ever goes through anything as traumatic as Logan did, from losing your girlfriend to finding out your father murdered your girlfriend to being on trial for murder... From almost dying from that, from being stabbed to death, there's just there's a lot of factors that lead up, and that builds into a lot of anger and rage that, you know, because you can't control it. I think for him knowing that he actually can't control how he reacts to his anger is something that he's built a mechanism for himself to grow to be a better person. Mm-hmm. And to bring this full circle, now that he's going to be a bodyguard, is this going to be bad for him? Like being around violence and anger all the time and having to take out bad guys and protect somebody is a security guard the best job for him to have when he's trying to deal with all these personal issues i think it's good for him because most times a security guard you don't really get that much excitement it's like once in a blue moon where the the craziest things could happen and most times it's just boring and maybe not in veronica mars though Technically, no, but I feel, I feel like for a while it's just going to be a little bit boring of him going over like the rules that the congress- congressman needs to follow and just understand that you hire me to protect you. Like, dude, you're going to have to listen. Right, right. So it's just a job. Maybe it's a way to release the anger. Maybe it'll be good. We will see. But now this means that Logan is kind of working on the same... He is working on the same crime as Veronica and Keith. So maybe, I'm, we can talk about this a little bit in predictions, but it could help him to be like a fly on the wall to see stuff that Veronica yeah. doesn't have access to. I think that's going to be a good thing in the long run. And he was so much, I don't know why, he was, just, he was so much calmer after the fight too. He was just like happy. <laughs> yeah, it's like he almost had this built up energy that he needed to get rid of. And it was like, now I'm calm. And I, I feel like, I think that's the perfect balance for Logan. I think, and I think even for his relationship with Veronica. So he just sometimes needs that release of all the anger for him to, you know, get calm. And Veronica needs to realize that she has to work on some stuff too. Like, it's not just a me where I have to work on my therapist and know it's not medication. It's just me trying to work at being something better. And she has to work on not letting her pass be the thing that anchors her to the ground. Right. Because I feel like she's still holding on to all of it instead of have released it over 10 years. Because even if she left Neptune, it never really left her. And that's something, I feel like that's the only way she can grow and have the better relationship she needs to have with Logan at the same time. So That's good. And, you know, you're right. Neptune will always be with her. It will always be a part of her. Um, We kind of find a mini Veronica in this (laughs) episode, I like to call it. So we're introduced to Maddie. We saw her in the first episode, but we really are starting to see her as maybe a main character or a supporting character um, in this next episode, in this uh, episode that we're talking about right now. Now, Maddie is the daughter of the motel owner and she is now that her dad has died she is taking the place as motel owner and she doesn't really know who to trust as far as all these people who are looking into this investigation she's talked to the police and barely the police have talked to her and she hasn't said much 
to um, the police officer. She kind of skipped out. She snuck away from that conversation and is trying to sort of solve this case on her own terms because I don't think she knows who to trust, which seeing her family life, you know, she's kind of independent and on her own, which is a lot of what we saw of Veronica Mars growing up. So I like to think that this is kind of like a Veronica Mars in the training. She's like, you see a lot (laughs) of the same characteristics as her. And I think that's what attracts Veronica to her as well and keeps her on the case. I think we, she mentioned that in the show already. So like the first episode, she said, I started to care about a girl mm -hmm. and you know, if, and if you know me, that's where things went crazy. Yes. So Maddie, she takes it upon herself. Um, when Veronica started or wanted to talk to her, um, she noticed Veronica pulling up and she ran away very quickly, but Veronica tracked her and Veronica found, kind of saved her whenever she went to go talk to um, the Fitzpatricks over at the vending machine. Yeah, that she didn't know about. Yes, that she that- didn't know about, but that was very dangerous for this little girl. So, yes. Yeah. Um, Alpha Jolly Amusements, the Fitzpatricks and their their businesses. I will say that. It was Kind of, it was so awesome though. I know he's a bad guy, but I, I loved just seeing Liam Fitzpatrick. It's so cool to see him doing like doing this right now and like joining that character of I'm like Irish badass. I just thought it was so cool. And still then, the same, still the same. But I kind, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of agree with him a little bit. Like somebody needs to whoop you, Maddie. You need a whooping. I almost thought that he was trying to protect her in a way by being like just get out of here because it's like he was he doesn't want to hurt her but if she keeps talking and tells him all this information then he's going to be put in a position where he's going to have to like kill her or something or you know do something terrible to put her in her place and he's trying to just be like look little girl go away go away you know we'll call you if you need a new vending machine and she just keeps pressing him because obviously she doesn't know how powerful he is or who he is so she's like no I know that we don't put gum in there. Like, she's so smart, but she's not, she's not being smart she's not, about... She's smart enough. Yeah, yeah, about her intelligence. So she almost gets into a lot of trouble, right, in the vending machine, talking to Liam Fitzpatrick. What yeah. What are your thoughts about this? I mean, I'm glad you kind of show you have no fear, but I think that's... I don't want to call her more Veronica Light, because at least Veronica... I mean, but Veronica knew all the bad guys. Grant, because her dad was a police uh, police uh, chief, a uh, sheriff of Neptune at the time, and because he became a private investigator, so she started knowing the ins and outs of that world, too. So she's smart enough to know who the bad people are, and if she wants answers to how to get those answers she needs before, you know, she gets caught up. Yep. Maddie is very... Maybe naive um, in that kind of um, sense? I would say more just emotionally emotionally charged and, and that's why it's more of because now she knows she's on the right track she's not even thinking with her head anymore she's now going from her heart and you're not realizing the danger that you're in because the Fitzpatrick family is spread wide and far of all criminals and one priest right <laughs> yeah just one priest um, doesn't mean he's a good guy either <laughs> I think he actually is a good guy the only thing is that he didn't know about the whole the drugs passing with the bible thing that's the only thing. Yeah, mm. maybe. However, yeah, the Fitzpatrick film is just not anyone you want to mess with. And then when she did find the mole guy, she's like, you. Like, you're the one that put gum in our machines. And that's when 
like you said, because I tried to get you out of here, little girl, and now you're 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 too much. You're too information enough for me right now, and now I have to put you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so that's when Veronica comes in and saves the day, saves this little girl. Now, Maddie never tells Veronica about the guy with the mole. And Veronica knows that she knows something because mm-hmm. she's sneaking around and going and talking to this guy. Um, are you, I was a little surprised that she, Veronica didn't get her to open up about the mole guy or what she knows. It's like she won't talk to Veronica. Do you want Maddie to talk to Veronica and tell like them to work together, I guess? Or are you interested more in them doing their own thing and Veronica will find out eventually anyways? Veronica's going to find out eventually because I feel like Maddie will learn to trust her. Because she'll learn if you, like, you can't trust police. Who else? Like, you don't really have that. Like, I think you maybe have a pizza guy, but you're going to find out very soon. Um, It's not much help. I was kind of surprised when Veronica told her that she was working for the congressman, Maloof. I didn't, because Maddie asked Veronica who she's working for, Mm -hmm. and Veronica told her. And I was kind of surprised. I was kind of surprised she didn't just give a generalized answer, maybe, saying, you know, I'm working on this case and working to find the truth or you know something along that line because i feel like that scared her off maddie a little bit scared maddie off because she was like oh you're working for the congressman i think that he has something to do with it did you get that same impression or was was that just, just me it was just more that she's mad at the congressman's brother because they're the reason that her dad was in the office in the first place so that even that puts her off even more, and I, I kind of like the fact that Veronica changed her taser to her gun. Now she just she's just like okay, so I'm back in Neptune. I now have to really protect myself, and the tasers might not cut it. So now I just have a gun, and I am not afraid to use it on you or anybody. Uh, that shows that she's a little bit more grown up too. It's she's moved on to an adult weapon, yeah. so she's also all grown up and matured. So that. I mean, you know. A little bit. A little bit. She'll still have her ways. Uh, So that's where we're at, I think, with the bombing. Any other suspects that you want to talk about or anybody investigating? Um, Well, we finally meet Clyde, which is Big Dick's (gasps) right-hand man. Let's talk about Clyde. Played by the incomparable, intelligent legend of an actor, J.K. Simmons, joining the V-Mars world. And I am so here for that. It is incredible that he is on this show. That he's such a big name, and I love seeing him working on the show. It's amazing. Yeah, and I, I I love the fact that he's definitely smarter than you know. He seems for a man coming out of Chino because he set Big Dick up in jail in the first place to get him to be under him. Like though it seems. Like Big Dick Castleblock gets is running everything, and in actual fashion, Clyde is running you, and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be interesting because he's being played, and what else does he have up his sleeve, and what other contacts does he have? He's like kind of like the Fitzpatricks, having people on the inside and also on the outside, and you just don't know what his scope is. And how broad it goes. Also, we don't know how long he's been in jail. So it could be for many, many years. And he just seems very slimy. So there's going to be a lot going on with J.K. Simmons' character. Um, And Dick is an actor now. 
That I be- know. Oh my gosh, that I, that did have me. It was so funny because it got to me when he was going to buy heroin. I was like, Oh my gosh, no. he's back! I was like, Well, first of all, it, I, they I, they tricked me. They tricked us. I really, I when Ryan Hansen showed up and you're just like, Yay! But then you're just like. Oh no. no! Like, just stick to alcohol, Dick. You're great at it. Why would you move to heroin? I don't understand. Yeah. And then you, re- and then he gets a throat slit. I was like, what? Just you can't kill Ryan Hansen. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, he was on the show for about two seconds, and you're just gonna kill him off. And then I was like, he's not dead though. Like he's bleeding. They're gonna get him to the hospital. They're gonna stitch it up. He's not dead. And, uh, and then they said, like when they said the the badge, I was like, okay, so this this is not real cool. Because I'm like, <laughs> there's no way Dick Casablancas became a any f- any law form of, of law, law enforcement. enforcement there was that was not happening i just could not believe it so then to see him oh he's you know just an actor having this big movie premiere about to try to get it on with the underage girl which is very dick like um yes. what he's known for it was perfect i loved how they introduced him it really tricked me and yeah, I like to see him back, and he is very believable as a famous actor going to premieres and living that, like, Hollywood life. So I am excited to see him still being rich and still being dick, you know? Very. <sighs> like so he, that's I, I, I think there's never that. been a more perfect name than Dick Casablancas. I know. Papa Dick and Son Dick. I don't know. Yeah, they're, yeah. Just, they're just two dicks. Dick. <laughs> Running the Nuts organization. Only one does. I, Dick, I know. Dick is very. Again. You Dick, get what I'm saying. Little baby Dick is very confused <laughs> about lots of things. Not it's, much has changed. I mean, not much. Is, seriously, like it's almost like he's still in high school, and I don't know why I still like it. Like I don't think I actually want him to grow up as a character. I think I'm perfectly happy with how he's transitioned. <laughs> yeah, as a character. Just in a nutshell, I'm so happy that he somehow is still the same. As much as you want, you really would like him to be smarter, maybe, and right. see if he have a trophy wife or something like that. You have to love the exuberance that is taken to play that character from season two to three, and just still bring life to it. Like, he's still playing it the same way, and he's killing it. So. Yes. Yeah, that's fun to watch as a viewer and a fan. So before we get into our special segments, um, we just want to say thank you guys for being in the live chat. We want to thank you guys. Um, Go ahead and leave comments and let us know what you think um, to all the marshmallows out there. Don't forget to subscribe to us. Like, subscribe. Um, go ahead and leave us five stars because none of the other ones work, I've been told. Yeah, on iTunes, the one through four are broken, unfortunately. I'm so sorry. Yes, so definitely do that. And we will shout you out on the next episode if you leave a comment um, or if you're in the chat. So be sure to do that. And let's go ahead and jump into our special segment, which is Breaking the Glass Ceiling. All right, Shay, <laughs> who are we talking about today? What powerful woman? Today we're talking about... Heather Fong. So in 2004, she became the first woman to lead the San Francisco Police Department and the first female Asian-American chief of a major metropolitan city police force. A longtime cop who played a key role in the cracking uh, the infamous Golden Dragon Massacre case in Chinatown, Fong received both praise and criticism for her quiet, cautious management style. 
Praised for her integrity and dedication to the city, she became the top cop in a time of controversy for the agency and was tasked with bringing the SFPD in a new era of transparency. She would later work for the Department of Homeland Security during the Obama administration. Wow, that's incredible. She is not only a woman, as but she's also an Asian American minority. That's incredible to see her doing such incredible things and being able to um, not only just do her job well, but to move past that and work in the Obama administration. Coming from San Francisco, you said? Yes. Incredible. I love that. Women do amazing things. Yes. Even and if we do it us, better. We do. Even if you put us in a box, we'll break through it. So that's great. Okay. Now we have some news. We do. After Buzz TV News. So, I, if many of you guys have been wondering why they have not used the F word in Veronica Mars' season, this is the reason why. Who I'm curious. Who would not allow Kristen Bell to use the F word? So, um, Rob Thomas said, I actually understand Hulu's decision. They bought the streaming rights to all three seasons of Veronica Mars, and because those three seasons are built to appeal to younger people, they want them to be able to watch the first season seamlessly with season four. That was their thinking on it. However, Kristen Bell herself said a lot of people just don't like her as a person using the F word from her mom. But she's like, you know what? I don't care. I I should be able to say it. Right. So that's where she's at. And the reason why. But that's also the reason why they kept saying what the cuss. You mother cusser. Every other word but the F word. And very, very hilariously, too. They took that and they made it their own, and I appreciate that. It is, on one perspective, I guess good to be family-friendly, because I watched this, um, I caught up on this when I binge-watched all of them, but it was out whenever I was in high school, so it's built towards high schoolers, middle schoolers, a young audience, and so you don't want every other word to be, you know, the cuss word, right? I mean... I guess it doesn't matter these days and age because high schoolers are cussing more than anybody else. Yeah, I know a couple. Yeah, they do. But, you know, <laughs> I guess it's good to try and keep it PG-13, I mean, right? I think you're creative. I, I, like, I like the idea of trying to even make it a game out of it. Like, how can, like, even in, I think, elementary school, you know, you played that game, you mother fudge cake, I'll beat your ass, right? That type of thing. Uh-huh. So you you could get away with saying it. So it wasn't technically cussing because now I'm using actual words. Right. I think, it, and I like the way that they do it. They say, um, yeah, mother cusser or whatever. It's like, you can be creative and you can still respect, follow the rules in a sense, but you're doing it outside of the box and you're doing it in the way that you want to do it, I guess. Yeah. So, and it's just like we talked about this on the last episode um, with Kristen Bell's um, The Good Place, where they say like mother forker, Shirt those balls. kind of things. Yeah, so it's like they're not allowed to cuss. And it kind of brings it more to a playful way and it makes the writing more thought through and more creative. Not to say that five million times, but it does. And shout out to The Good Place for your Emmy nomination. I'm so happy. Yeah, that's also a good show. So that Kristen Bell's doing. So she's real busy. I like it. Um, any other overall thoughts that you want to say before we jump into our predictions? Overall, I am really excited to see how Logan deals with being, you know, bodyguard and how that has to shift, you know, things between him and Veronica because they have to deal with kind of two different aspects of the Maloof family. Mm-hmm. 
And I definitely know we're going to see the brothers again. And I'm Double just... Okay, should uh, we get into it? Yes. Okay, let's talk about predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Do you want to start us off? Sure. Okay. I, pre- I predict that we're definitely going to see some more of our beloved characters from the show, and I cannot wait. And definitely we're going to find out more just how... Clyde's plan and whatever the nut plan actually is and how they coincide with each other and if they do coincide at all because Clyde is like one of those characters where you know he's always working something different than what you think the plan is. True. He's definitely like in a way like Veronica he's the smartest person in the room but stuff for him he doesn't want he doesn't need to advertise it he just knows it. Right. He doesn't need to prove his point. He's just going to be the smartest person in the room, and he wants to work it and manipulate it. Yes. I agree with you on that. And I definitely predict we're going to see more of the pizza guy and more Maddie and her 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 role to answers. Yes. I am excited to see more of Maddie and where her investigation is going, because I think she's going to be doing her own investigation in the upcoming episodes. And I think that eventually Veronica Mars is going to either find out and team up with her in a sense, or she's going to find the same answers and just keep saving her. I think that that's going to happen. And then I also, just to echo what I said before, with Logan being the security guard, I think that he's going to get inside Intel and be able to share that with Veronica in a way that Veronica wouldn't be able to get on her own. And maybe that's going to help mend their relationship because they're going to need each other again and just kind of rely on each other and trust each other better. So that is my prediction as far as that goes. I think that the pizza man is also going to mess things up and do his own investigation and it's just gonna go crazy with his group um and i think that's about it as far as i go on my my predictions so if you guys have predictions be sure to put those in the comments and until next time shay where can everyone find you you guys can find me at real shay jones on twitter and instagram don't forget to watch us at 6 p.m for episode three yes watch us at 6 p.m i'm kelsey hightower and you can find me at at kelsey hightower and we'll see you at 6 p.m Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would have to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only. do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 